as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the six-fold and- Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast. I am Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot. And I am Andy Wilson of Graphic Policy and also Big Shiny Robot. Yay, and this is kind of fun. We're actually doing this in the same room. This is so weird. I'm looking in your dun, eyes. Dun, dun. And you can't tell that I'm like looking at porn on the internet while or in I'm podcasting so, or in my underwear yeah. well we might be in our underwear you don't know kinky you don't know and that was last night with someone <laughs> else um, anyway so yeah we're here to, we got three movies to discuss for you uh, and uh, we got Brad Status we've got the Lego Ninjago movie and then we've also got Kingsman the Golden Circle Yes. And then once again, stick on to the end because we're probably gonna maybe update this a little bit earlier than normal. Or we uh, I hope so. I oh, hope geez. so. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll see. Hopefully, I can I can get this out before Comic Con goes in full swing. Yeah. Because uh, we're gonna be busy with Comic Con because it's this week, and I know we both have like crap ton of panels to do. Yep. Uh, but we want to get this out there so you can enjoy it and uh, know what we think about these movies. But. Uh, let's start with Brad Status. That was one they didn't show us up here. So, Andy, yeah. you, you did see it, though. So. Yeah, I did. They they showed it to us. It was interesting. They simulcast it at the same time that they did the premiere up at the Toronto International Film mm-hmm. Festival. So it was like a random time on like a Sunday morning. Uh, and we just showed up and, and watched this movie. This is the new movie by Mike White, who uh, you might remember did School of Rock and has also done uh, a bunch of other movies. Um, uh, he wrote and directed this, and it stars Ben Stiller as uh, the eponymous Brad. And uh, Brad is kind of going through an existential midlife crisis. Uh, he's in his early 50s, and his kid's about to go to college. And this brings back all sorts of memories uh, for him of his group of friends that he went to college with. Mm-hmm. And that group of friends, uh, really interesting cast. You've got Michael Sheen, who uh, plays this guy who's hit it really big in politics, been the White House press secretary, and now has his own TV show on cable news. Uh, Jermaine Clement, uh, who was uh, who got incredibly rich doing something and is retired at 50, uh, living, uh, living in Hawaii in a mansion with uh, beautiful ladies who... Uh, sleep with him and drink with him all day long. Uh, Luke Wilson, who is a high-powered corporate lawyer, also uh, a mega billionaire, uh, doing incredibly well. And uh, then Mike White, also because it's his movie, he gets to cast himself. Of course, uh, is a is a uh, plays a, a relatively smaller role as um, their their token gay friend, who is also doing very well in Hollywood and uh, and and is having a great life. Um, Ben Stiller's Brad has kind of fallen out with them, and uh, through the course of this, he finds out he wasn't invited to Mike White's wedding, and he's like, what, are they shunning me? Am I not as good as them? And is really concerned that, you know, all of his friends are rich, they have very big media profiles, and he's working for a nonprofit that helps organizations do social media. And he just, he has this weird inferiority complex about it that, you know, he's kind of upper middle class, but he's not upper class. Mm-hmm. And and so it comes down to, he's, he's kind of a self-involved a-hole, um, but he's taking his, his kid on this college trip and 
discovers out of nowhere that his kid is actually like a genius uh, because apparently he hasn't been paying attention to his son all of these years. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he goes and uh, interviews at Harvard and he's like, oh, yeah, you know, he, he actually has a chance to get in here. Uh, and his kid's really cool and a really talented musician and incredibly brilliant and uh, he's just so self-involved he doesn't see all of this great stuff about his life um, and uh, this is him kind of going through the motions of working through uh, that that midlife crisis it's a little bit self-indulgent it's a little bit annoying uh, I like Ben Stiller doing serious work mm-hmm. uh, you know Jesus, this is almost 20 years ago now, but he did Keeping the Faith with Ed Norton. Uh, that's a great movie. A couple of years ago, he did a movie uh, with Adam Driver, uh, where like he was like the Gen X cool couple, and Adam Driver and um, and Amanda Seyfried are the cool hipster millennial couple, and they kind of start competing with each other, and he wants he's trying to recapture. He's like that was a fun movie. This is not a super fun movie. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's well acted. Mike White writes a good script. Uh, this is a great cast. All of these people are great. Um, but you don't see much of them. Don't go in expecting to see Jermaine Clement for more than like two, three minutes. Oh, really? Uh, of, of all of them, uh, you see Michael Sheen the most. Um, and he's probably the most annoying of all of them because he's just this, this phony uh, he's a, and he's a terrible person. So, um, but it's it's a good movie, not a great movie. I kind of expected more, but this is that serious side of Ben Stiller, and if you like that, you can go check it out. Five out of ten. Hmm, five out of ten. So, kind of not so much the the big hit of the week, but if you're a fan of those that kind of movie and also Ben Stiller, then yeah, probably it, the way to go. And it's not getting a huge release, so you're probably going to have to look in your your art house cinemas for this one. Uh, or um, it, I believe Amazon has picked it up, and it'll end up on Amazon Prime pretty soon. Cool. Well, speaking of a movie that is a big release, that I think um, when I first saw the trailer for it, I was like, eh, I don't really care. And then the trailer got me interested, and actually the movie I enjoyed a lot was the Lego Ninjago movie. My Which- son has loved Lego Ninjago for years. Like you, this was funny. We were talking about this like several months ago, and you're like, "Lego Ninjago? What? What is that?" I had, I mean, I played. So there's the Lego Dimensions game, which is yeah. uh, on PS4, Xbox, all yeah. that fun stuff, and it's really, really fun. There's a Lego Ninjago level, and it had all these characters. And I didn't know who these people were, yep. and I had no clue this was a long-running TV series. Yeah. Um, so actually, how about you tell us about this because you know more about it than I do because I never jumped in aside from the movie. Yeah. Well, I, what's really cool is. Uh, so our movie starts out, and it is live action, and Jackie Chan is a shopkeeper uh, in somewhere. We don't know. Uh, and uh, a kid comes in, and he's got this Lego figure with him, and he's like, oh, this is a very special figure. I'm going to tell you the story behind the legend that you think you already know about the leg, uh, the legend of Ninjago. Mm-hmm. And so it's this really nice way to wipe the slate clean and kind of do what Star Wars did with their extended universe and be like, 
Yeah, that's like the legendary thing. This is the real story, and this is what you really get. Um, but you've got... Uh, it originally started out with four ninjas who harnessed the four main elements, and one of them had a sister. And so she got brought in and uh, also then controlled one of the uh, one of the one of the elements and uh, in the first few seasons they're fighting this giant uh, demon guy with four arms named uh, Lord Garmadon and uh, after a couple of seasons and they banished him it turns out he has a son and uh, he becomes the villain for a while but then he becomes the hero and uh, turns his back on evil doing and becomes the legendary green ninja who then becomes a legendary gold ninja who then i believe became also the legendary white ninja <laughs> so he's, he's gone it sounds to... like power rangers it, it, it is it, it's very power rangers-esque and and that's where it really comes from uh but you know this was a show about selling toys and yeah. so every half season They'd get new vehicles. They'd get new weapons. They'd get new outfits. They'd uh, they're riding around on dragons. Now they're riding around on mechs. Now they're riding around in spaceships. And uh, but it's a really cute, uh, fun, fun show. And I think this harnessed the basics of it. So you have this group of teenagers who protect Ninjago City from Lord Garmadon, and. The most interesting thing about all of this is uh, Lloyd Garmadon is played by Dave Franco, mm -hmm. and basically everybody hates him. Because, because he's the son of Lord Garmadon. Yeah, and his dad is constantly attacking the city, uh, which which we see, they, they keep cutting to newscasts of... Uh, Michael Strahan, for some reason, <laughs> is the newscaster in Ninjago City, and... Uh, of, you know, every time he attacks the city and then they go and do a quick change and they all turn into their ninja forms and they go out and they send uh, Lord Garmadon packing. But everyone hates Lloyd and he also feels sad that, you know, he, he never had a father and his father is the biggest asshole in the universe. Yeah, and he doesn't, know, he doesn't know how to throw a ball or play catch or anything else because he only ever had his mom. Yeah. So, uh, and, then, and then things things happen and uh oh and i should also mention that they are trained by uh jackie chan voicing sensei Wu, who is their sensei and and that's the way that he is in this story as well uh and so they go on you know this is a basic kids movie fair a journey of self-discovery and uh learning to find their the power within them and uh coming to grips with you know, having an asshole family member, and uh, and and all of that. Um, but I thought the the best thing about this was the the casting choices. Mm -hmm. They, I was actually amazed. I'm like, oh, they're going to make a Ninjago movie. They'll just probably keep the same people, right? Because this is a popular show. No, completely new people. And I was originally a little bit upset about this. Not upset. <laughs> Not upset now. This is great. Uh, let, let's let's go through the cast. Like who who were who were so some of your Fred Armisen as Cole. Yes. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani as Jay. Mm -hmm. Michael Pena as Kai. And Michael Pena is always absolutely hilarious. Uh, Abby Jacobson as Naya, and then Zach Woods as Zane. 
Yeah, and and so Fred Armisen is the Earth Element Ninja, and he's a DJ. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani is the Lightning one, and he's he flies around in a ship and, that has uh, electrical powers. Michael Pena is the Fire Ninja. Abby Jacobson is the Water Ninja, and Zach Woods is a robot and the Ice Ninja. And man, who always you... tries to pretend he's not a robot? <laughs> <laughs> That's the funniest part. And Zach Woods is like the perfect guy uh, to play a robot. And uh, if if you're a fan of Silicon Valley, I mean, uh, you especially know what uh, Kumail Nanjiani and and Zach Woods are capable of. And they really use this voice cast to the absolute best of their abilities. And all of them are great. You know, I don't think that Dave Franco is the most amazing person in the world, but he's kind of the perfect person to play this kind of every person mm-hmm. character of, of Lloyd going through this thing. He's great. Yeah. Uh, and all of them are great. And then, of course, we've got Justin Thoreau as uh, Lord Garmadon. So, oh, and here's the fun thing is so, it's odd, uh, because he. Of course, in the Logan movies, all the bad guys are kind of like parodies of these things. Like you have Will Ferrell's Lord, you know, Lord, Lord Business. Business, yeah. So it, it's still fun no matter what happens. But there's this tongue-in-cheek kind of like sweet element to the whole thing, and that's the one thing that these movies have nailed is they really get the tone down. I like, guess they understand these are freaking Legos we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you know, while the Lego movie pulled on all these different areas like Star Wars and Ninja Turtles and Lord of the Rings and blah blah blah. When they can kind of dive in and focus on one thing, like with the Batman Lego movie, and now with this one, they just nail it. And like the, the animation's gotten better. I mean, even over just what two years ago when we saw yeah. Lego, movie, I think even over Batman Lego. Yeah. This one seemed more fluid and ready to go. But what was the two things I loved so much was yeah, this in the end it comes down to a very heartfelt story between a father and son and um, and uh, his mother. Yeah. And it becomes this thing all about family. And there's some really cool cut scenes about when Lauren Garmadon met his mother. And how they fell in love while fighting each other. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> Lord Garmadon was evil and she was good. Uh, so that's really fun. But like, the one thing for me, because I'm a huge martial arts fan, this has so many cool little throwbacks and nods to your classic martial arts movies like Bruce yeah. Lee and Jackie Chan. Yep. And, you know, but also there's the Lego thing where they find the ultimate weapon. And just at the craggle in the Lego movie, this one unleashes the ultimate weapon. And I was like, what? I so I got it. Like I was like, but what? What's? And then all of a sudden, something happens, and you're like, "Oh, oh. that is amazing!" Oh my! Yeah. Like I sat there busting up laughing so hard because it was like that makes sense. Of course, that'd be your ultimate weapon. Yeah. And then going on the, the search for the ultimate ultimate weapon, and you know the, the sensei disappears, and so just the way they do things, where they have little flashbacks or you know little interludes or uh, quick shots. If you love martial arts films or even the really bad cheesy ones, which yeah. Most of them are. Really yeah, most of them have cheesy elements in them. Even, geez, uh, you know, even Rumble in the Bronx has rough parts. Yeah, Operation Condor. Right? Yeah, all is you know, Drunken Master. Yep. Uh, but there's so much fun, and this again, this is again, it's tongue in cheek humor. It's giving little winks to the audience, but it's not to the point where you're like, I, I get it. like. So like, we always go back to uh, Jurassic World, mm-hmm. where Kevin winking at the audience, like, oh look, we're referencing Jurassic Park. Yeah. For the 36th time, hey! <laughs> <laughs> I think this this did it a little bit more seamlessly, and it really set itself in the Lego universe that we think of with the Lego movie and Lego Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Especially, Lord Garmadon is this stupid smart villain 
the exact same way the Joker and and Lord Business were. Mm-hmm. They're really kind of dumb, and and that's what's so funny about them. And they really play them for laughs. Like there's this hilarious bit that they keep repeating, where uh, Lord Garmadon doesn't say his son's name right, and he keeps calling him Laloid, Laloid, and and that's just. It's so funny that that they would even think to do that, but they're but they nailed that. Yeah. So, but yeah. In the end, this is again totally family friendly. It's completely different than the other movies out there. Like you know, we have Kingsman, which we're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, like it and mother. <laughs> not oh. kid friendly. <laughs> not kid friendly at all. Especially not what happens with a kid in that movie. No. Um, but no, this is fun. It's harmless. It's not going to change your world, but. For parents who have to go take the kids to movies, this is one they're going to enjoy as well. And when it does finally come out on Blu-ray and you watch it 50,000 times, it's not going to be like Home or those other crappy ones after. No. So I'm at, um, I'm at an 8. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It's not perfect. But again, it's I, I had no expectations going in because I just never knew about Ninjago, didn't know about the TV series. The only experience I had was playing the, love, the one level on LEGO Dimensions. And... It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, it's it is a lot of fun. My nine year old loved it. Uh, you know, he came out and he was like, "Yeah, this is nine out of ten. This is a great movie." He was cheering through it. I think it's got a couple little problems. I think it it drags a little bit about the middle to two thirds thing, kind of that uh, second act transitioning into third act thing. Uh, where it it doubles down on the exposition a little bit too much and there there aren't as many of the jokes and action sequences. But when it's on, it is on. And the ridiculous awesomeness of building giant mechs and ships and stuff out of Legos, that's what it really comes down Mm -hmm. to. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, So I'm at a a 7.5 out of 10. I'm just slightly lower than you. Uh, I don't like this as much as the Lego Batman movie or the Lego movie. Um, again, I I feel like this is kind of my go-to stance on everything. It's like, is there a deeper meaning to this really? And there exactly. kind there kind of is about family, but that's I don't know. I feel like that this is that Luke Skywalker Darth Vader story that's been told a million times. And so yeah, it's it's very. Uh, you know, a Campbell hero of a thousand faces archetype. Uh, but in doing that, it's not treading a whole lot of new or different ground. And, uh, and but that's okay because it's a lot of fun, and uh, and and there's nothing wrong with this movie. So take your kids to go see. It. Have a good time. Definitely. Uh, you should not take your kids to go see Kingsman: The Golden Circle. No. Uh, <laughs> because this this is very much the R-rated movie that its predecessor was. So. Uh, this is once again directed by Matthew Vaughn. He did the first movie. He's actually known for taking, uh, especially Mark Millar books like Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2, mm-hmm. Ticket Service, uh, that are over-the-top, violent comics, and actually making much better film versions of them. Yes. So uh, this agree. takes place after the end of the first one. It doesn't, does it really say how much time's passed? I think it's at least a year, I would say. It's, it's Yeah, it's got to be a year or so. Yeah, so you've got Taron Edgerton. He's back as Eggsy, and he is now uh, Agent Galahad, because as we know... Uh, and if you don't know, this is a spoiler, but it's been two years. Um, so Colin Firth is, dies at the end of the first movie. So he takes over his role. And he is now currently dating uh, Princess Tilda. He's played by Hannah Alstrom. So the, the 
uh, princess he rescued, quote-unquote yep. rescued, <laughs> at the end of the first movie, uh, until he's trying to balance his home life along with his spy life, uh, and come to find out that there is this new secret uh, drug agency uh, overrun by an evil woman named Poppy, played by Julianne Moore, and that is the Golden Circle, and they, she pretty much owns the drug trade for the entire world. Uh, but she lives as a recluse. She's got her own in the uh, the jungles of South America. She's got her own private little camp, and it's all set up like 1950s uh, diners and movie houses, and it's all interesting. She's got a real strange obsession with uh, <laughs> with nostalgia and uh, and with Elton John. But we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, Elton John's a great one. So, uh, but let's just say that she threw through some work, uh, which I don't want to say what happens because it's kind of a fun. Thing to figure something out, some hangers-on from the last movie, uh, destroys all of Kingsman. And the only people who are left now are uh, Eggsy and then Merlin, who's played by Mark Strong. He's back yep. there. And they find out that they have a doomsday protocol that says they need to go to America and check out their sister organization, Statesman. So while Kingsman was a bunch of tailors, Statesman is a huge global uh, whiskey company. Uh, and every single one of their uh, agents is named after a type of alcohol. So you've got Shani Tatum as tequila... You've got uh, Halle Berry as Ginger. She's kind of like the brains, the tech behind it all. Yeah. She's their Merlin. She's their Merlin, yeah. Yeah. Pedro Pascal is Whiskey. And then Jeff Bridges is the head of it all. Uh, he's kind of like their Arthur. Um, his name is Champagne, but don't you call him that. He goes by Champ. Champ. <laughs> gotta so, call him Champ. Gotta call him Champ. And he is in full dude Rooster Cogburn mo- mode exactly. here. Exactly. And he's yeah. not in it that much, but he has. you can tell he's having a blast every single scene he's in. He just... Is electrifying. So yep. they have to partner together and find a way to take down the Golden Circle because there's something going on where uh, there's this evil plot she's put in place that will basically kill millions and millions of people on the earth if uh, the United States president does not cater to her demands. Uh, I want. I, I this is a minor spoiler, but I want to bring it up because I think this is one of the most interesting things in the entire movie. What she does because she controls. The, the drug trade is she has laced all of the drugs, your your meth, your coke, your pot, whatever, laced it with a virus, and then she unleashes it on everyone uh, to, to try and get them to stop the war on drugs. Mm-hmm. Because she says this is a ridiculous double standard. Alcohol and tobacco are legal. Why aren't the rest of these? Y'all are a bunch of prudes. And so I'm either going to kill... What a third of the world's population. What whatever percent you posit that uh, have have used drugs in the past. Um, I think that's a fairly normal thing, and I think that's one of the best pieces of social commentary in this is that it says you know people get high. Every, a lot of people get high, and oh, yeah. it's. You know, people in government, people in uh, people in sports. It's not just it's not just criminals. It's not just low lives. It's not it's not just poor people. It's not just black people and brown people. It's everybody. And when you put all of that on the line, I think that says something important. And I, I mean, that was one of the things I really liked about the first Kingsman was Valentine thought that what he was doing was right. We've passed the tipping point with climate change, and unless we do something drastic, the Earth is going to burn. So I'm going to murder, like, most of the people on the planet 
so that we can start over and and do something sustainable. It's really interesting because, you know, I talked about what makes a good villain uh, with uh, Lord Garmadon. I, I think the, the other best kind of villain is the person who doesn't think that they're the bad guy. Those are the best villains. The ones yeah. who think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and that's... And, Julianne Moore is so good in this because she really doesn't and she's so sickeningly sweet. No matter the... the Put him in the meat grinder. The <laughs> awful, terrible things that she does to people and she's just, you know, so sickeningly soccer and She's sweet. like Patty Duke from the 50s. She is. She really is. That's what, that's what her role... She, yeah, that's, she lives in this 1950s world and, yeah, she's just prim and proper and like, just, aww... Yeah. Oh, that's that's adorable. And you know, you couldn't have picked a better person to do this than Julianne Moore. No, I she's, she's I, I love her. She's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. But yeah, the point you're making, it's and that, that's what's fun with these movies is that yes, they're a lot of fun and they're they're great spy movies. And this one is a, it's this one more than the first one is a huge throwback to all the the classic Bond movies with like even crazier, weirder uh, you know gadgets and like plots and you know, all this you know, ro- ro- robot dogs and all these crazy things. Yeah. Right down to a mountaintop layer yeah. and uh, a sky chase scene that's like right out of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. I mean, they just l- literally could have lifted that right out and and put it in there. Yeah. So but there, there's a very, like you said, there's a very strong social commentary around drugs, um, around people in power who are using whatever, basically the, the ends justify the means to keep their power and be yep. all this stuff. So and the hypocrisy of it all that you know that that we can. That we can back the drug war, um, but we're hurting ourselves, and we're hurting our our friends and neighbors and brothers and sisters, who really haven't done anything all that wrong. Um, you know, it, it's funny uh, that that I'm taking this stance. I've never done any drugs. I've never even gotten drunk. I am like the straightest edge guy <laughs> in the world. I, I just I don't see why we incarcerate tens of millions of people for smoking a little pot. Yeah, it's just and if it's you, silly. If you look at states where that's become legal, like I remember we was Nevada, they the first day the first day it was legal there, they pulled in three million dollars just in tax revenue. Yeah, they sold out in like four days. So here's the thing: is the demand is always going to be there. Yep. So. And this is a topic that we can go on to. This is, this is, again, this is now the political science yep. podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, you're never going to get rid of that demand. So, yep. but maybe you should approach it in a way that makes sense so that you're not criminalizing people who work their asses off at work, spend 12 hour days, six days a week, and just need something. As one character says, I work 12 hour, 15 hour days for you, seven days a week. I need to sleep. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, so that's the social commentary. The, the fun part is. Everything you loved about the first Kingsman is back here. And in fact, for me, that was actually one of my small complaints is because you look at some of your favorite scenes from the first movie, and much like they did between Days of Future Past and X-Men Apocalypse, they redid them. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so much more over the top, but like you knew what you are getting into when certain things happened. You're like, oh, this is from the first one because I liked it and it worked. Yeah. That's cool, and I like that. But maybe switch it up a bit because it felt, again, it felt like it was a little bit too much that we'd seen before. Yeah. The, uh, down to some of the stuff in the in the climax that I won't go into, but they definitely try and I mean they make a very specific connection in a character death at the end of the movie to 
uh, a character death of Eggsy's father in the beginning of Kingsman. Mm-hmm. And um, going back to the opening, though, like that's that's what I always thought was brilliant. And I think I said this when when Kingsman originally came out. Any movie that opens with Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, yes, like I'm in. Uh, this one ends with or starts with this giant car chase set to Prince's "Let's Go Crazy." Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Like <laughs> I did not know that I needed this in my life, but it is so, 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 so perfect. And then we haven't brought it up yet, but we have to. We do. The star of the show. The star of this movie. Who I never thought would be this much fun in a film. Elton John, and it's actually him playing himself. Sir Elton John! Is one of the prisoners of Poppy, of Julianne Moore's character, being forced to lounge shows every night. Mm-hmm. And let's just say, I think they tried to get him to say the F word as much as possible, because he is funny as hell. And let's just say, I, obviously it's a stunt double, but... Never knew Elton John could do karate. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like, one of those things, uh, it, there's a point where he does a flying jump kick, and it's very obviously either a body double or CG or something, but it is just so funny, and the audience was dying, dying over this, because, you know, we, we think of Elton John, and we just don't think of and that. And he's doing all this, by the way, in a huge, like, feathered rainbow costume mm-hmm. only to be followed up after that with uh, some of the best tongue-in-cheek gay sex jokes yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can get a backstage pass <laughs> so I mean I, some people I talked to said it's a bit much but it's funny and you know it's not that much of a spoiler because you see it in the first five minutes of the movie but it's, he stole the show and it was just it was cool to see him again everyone in this movie is having fun everyone's enjoying themselves and it's is it as good as the first one? No, because the first one very much was lightning the bottle. Yeah. This one's taking off that and kind of it's it's almost like DLC for a video game. This is like Kingsman DLC. Uh, that is a good way to put yeah. it. It really does feel like that. You like something, here's some more of it. It's not treading new ground necessarily, but it's more of what you liked about the first one. And and there you go. Yeah. And I, I had a great time cool. with it. So again, I liked it, not as good as the first one, which I think I, think I gave the first one a 10, because I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I gave uh, it a 9.5. We were right there. So close. This one, though, uh, again, like I said with Lego, it's an 8. It's a lot of fun. I think it should do well. And honestly, it does leave it open for a third one. Yeah. I, I think that they're going to get enough enough uh, money made off this to do that, because this is, you know, the first one was based off a comic, you know, actually, they changed a lot of stuff. This one is the first movie that actually was based on wholly original material by the writers. Mm-hmm. That wasn't based off Mark Millar's world he created. Yeah. Uh, but again, Matthew Vaughn has that talent for taking... To be honest, like, Secret Service, King, Kick-Ass, Kick-Ass 2 are decent, if not subpar comics, and extracting the, you know, the kernel of what the whole story's about and making this awesome thing. So. Well, and in that way, it's very much like Lego Ninjago because they shelved all of that world building and all of that entire audience and they just said we're going to pretend this isn't there we're going to find the thing the one kernel that makes this work and we're going to go with that and that's what makes Kingsman a golden circle work and before before I finish I just I have to say like Pedro Pascal as Whiskey uh, who you might remember as Oberyn from uh, from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. he is amazing in this I mean, and who would have thought they, they got the Latino guy to play this down-home hick? 
and he nails it so perfectly and he's got the Burt Reynolds mustache and he he's like flying around in a fighter plane at some point he's just the coolest dude he has an electric lasso yeah he's, I mean, he's a lot of fun it's over the top but he is brilliant because not only does he do the character work so well and build this really awesome character but his physicality and the fact that you know that that guy can handle himself in a fight and it shows mm -hmm. uh, and, and speaking of that Channing Tatum was I think their secret weapon and I you know if they are going to do a sequel uh, they're they're obviously going to bring Channing to bring Tatum in, yeah. into it they they tip their hat to that pretty pretty quickly if I have one complaint I kind of wanted more Channing Tatum I'm the last person in the world who I would think <laughs> I'd be saying why wasn't there more Channing Tatum in this movie but he was great he just he wasn't in it a whole ton, and they let uh, they let Pascal take the lead uh, for for Statesman, and that was great. Um, I I do have a complaint that um, I mean this was kind of a problem with the first one, but I I gave it a pass because I felt like at the end of the first Kingsman movie, you know, Eggsy wasn't the spy who saved the world. He wasn't even the best member of the Kingsmen. Roxy was, mm -hmm. and and she's obviously the best one, and you know, and Eggsy's kind of the the ne'er do well street urchin who who kind of managed to make good. Um, they the fact that she is not in this movie more is criminal to me, and the fact that uh, Oscar winner Halle Berry is not given more to do in this movie is also criminal and and there's a certain amount of commentary in this where she's talking about how she wants to be a field agent and she's always wanted to to do that and take that step but she can't it it does show to a certain extent the the sexism within the kind of gentleman spy genre and the barriers that exist there i would hope that if they are going to rebuild Kingsman from the ground up, that they can do something to make it a, uh, a gender, sex, uh, class, and uh, ethnicity a blind uh, group of people. Mm -hmm. uh, that is that is a diverse group of people that looks like modern Britain. Yeah, and um, you know that's that's what I would hope and. Uh, you know, they, they tried to do that with the original Kingsman and breaking down the class barriers. Right. So let's Which is a bigger thing in Britain than yeah, it is here. It is a bigger thing in Britain and, and so I, I fully understand that, that is that that's part of it and that's taking a step. Now I want them to take the next step. And I feel like uh, if anything they took kind of a half a shimmy backwards on this. Not not a step backwards, but they just kinda shuffled backwards a little bit and I as much as I wanted more Channing Tatum, I really wanted more Roxy, and I really wanted her to be a part of the story, and they just had too many other characters, and, and I understand why they couldn't do that. But I'm at basically the same place as you. Uh, eight out of ten, I think this is this is a great movie. Uh, I'm going to go see it again with my wife, because she couldn't make it to the press screening, and uh, you know, there's there's not a whole lot out there that is much better than this in my opinion. 
Cool. All right, let's. There we go. So take the kids to see Lego. Uh, take you and your partner to go see Kingsman. Yep. Because uh, they're both good. Yep. So awesome. Well, next week we have uh, two movies, and we'll see which ones are being screened because it's a little weird just because. Again, Comic Con and all that fun stuff. Yep. Uh, but we've got Battle of the Sexes and also American Maid. So that's for next week. But until then, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly.